Welcome to our class. Let's be ready to study and read from God's Word, Acts chapter 4. I'll start with what I call fast facts, and then we will read and study from Acts chapter 4. Relevant practical lessons will develop from our study, so listen carefully and let us all go into this willing to examine ourselves. Acts chapter 4 right after prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful and mindful of all that we have from Thee in Jesus Christ. May our study contribute to our gratitude, increase our faith, and further develop our motivation to serve Thee better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to our study, Acts chapter 4. I'm going to begin with what I call fast facts. Remember, the apostles spoke as they were guided by the Holy Spirit. John chapters 14 through 16 contained those promises Jesus made to those men and the fulfillment we discovered in Acts chapter 2. Miraculous healings were not standalone performances or for entertainment value. Christians who lived in a community worked together Local churches were formed. In these sermons to Jewish audiences, references to Old Testament prophecy were very common. Those are our fast facts. So we are in Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to read now verses 1 and 2, Acts chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. I want to pause here briefly to point out Peter and John are not just performing one miracle after another. The focus the primary focus is not on signs and wonders, but on speaking to the people. Speaking to the people, what message? The gospel of Christ. Telling the people that Jesus is the Messiah, and just as prophecy said, he was raised from the dead. Now the Sadducees do not believe in the resurrection of the dead, they are greatly annoyed by this, and they find allies in the temple captain and the priest. Remember, we're still in Jerusalem. As a result of this annoyance, let's continue at verse 3, and I'll read verses 3 and 4. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. In the preaching of the gospel, there was always mixed reaction. Here, the preachers are arrested and put in custody, and many who heard the word believed, and apparently their belief was active since it says, the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Some hear the gospel, know that they need what God offers, and they respond. Others 
see the apostles as both agitators and heretics, disturbers of the peace and enemies of the long-standing religion and culture of Judaism. Luke wants his readers to know all of these different reactions, the negative reactions and the positive reactions as well. The next day comes, the Sanhedrin convenes to hear the case against Peter and John. And here's what happened. I'm continuing now at verse 5. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You remember the healing of the crippled man back in chapter 3. They're still talking about that. And that miracle becomes the issue in this hastily convened court. When this came up, Peter, who was guided by the Holy Spirit, again made it very plain it was not a human feat. He said, By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. So Peter, in one sentence the Holy Spirit gave to him, said four crucial things. Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. You crucified him, speaking to these Jewish leaders. God raised him from the dead. And number four, it was by his power that this man is now able to walk. It usually takes preachers 30 minutes to get through four points. Peter did this in one sentence. Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. You crucified him. God raised him from the dead. It is by his power that this man is now able to walk. And then Peter cited prophecy as evidence of Jesus being the Messiah. Jesus, Peter says, is the stone back in Psalms 118. See also in 1 Peter. Peter, before the Sanhedrin council, offers this proof from Scripture. Then he says something remarkable. And there is no salvation anywhere else. I paraphrased. Here's the verse. And there is salvation in no one else. 
for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It is likely that this one statement widened the gap between the apostles and the Jewish authorities. Make no mistake about it, Peter is saying there's only one way now to be saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. You believe and obey him and become his disciple. You can live your life as his disciple, and then you can go to heaven, but there's no other way. This is God's plan for everybody now. This became part of the long-standing friction between the apostles and the Jewish leaders. Now, Luke is very good at taking us to reactions as the gospel was preached, as the gospel was opposed, as the apostles defended the gospel. Luke's very good to take us to reactions, and that's what he's doing in verses 13 through 22. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do to these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more in this name. So they call them and charge them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed, was more than 40 years old. The court was astonished by the courage of Peter and John, particularly because they were considered to be uneducated common men. There's some very interesting terminology here. Look at that word in verse 13, common men. Uh, the New King James has the word untrained. The New International Version has ordinary. I'm not an expert in biblical languages, but there is something that shows up in the Bible dictionaries and lexicons and reference works that's very interesting. The word common or ordinary is translated from a Greek word, and when spelled in English, it is I D. I-O-T-A-I. Did you hear that? I-D-I-O-T-A-I. Hmm. You see anything there that looks familiar? Do you hear anything there? 
idiots. Today, in English, it's considered an insult. In first century Greek, a term to describe someone unlearned, uneducated, not degreed, not a scholar. For these Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, Peter and John had no standing. They had no credibility. Yet for these leaders, there is a dilemma. They could not deny the healing of the crippled man. The temporary solution was to reprimand Peter and John, telling them, speak no more to anyone in his name. Modern English paraphrase, we want you guys to shut up. To which Peter and John replied, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. Court orders generally should be followed. Civil government should be obeyed unless the court order tells you to shut up about the gospel and disobey God. Peter and John said, we have to listen to God. The gospel will be preached. The next part of this is very important. It shows how these early Christians reacted to persecution, how they reacted to persecution. I'm in Acts 4, 23 to 31. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I want us to notice four things about their reaction to the court's gag order. One, they stayed together. They cared for each other. Two, they didn't brainstorm some strategy to defeat the court or get back at the persecutors. Three, they didn't ask God to annihilate their enemies. And four, they asked God for more strength to preach the gospel with all boldness. There is such a good example here. 
of faith and courage and determination and spiritual maturity. Many attributes are displayed here. We, we need to see in ourselves. We see in these men and these women who were the first ones to obey the gospel and join together courageously to continue delivering that message. Indeed, as the Jewish leaders said, they had been with Jesus. These Christians took care of each other like families do. I'm going to continue at verse 32. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Suppose I come to your house. Suppose I come to your house. I'm not only hungry, I am broke and I have no food. I know what you'll do. You will consider your food to be my food. That's the way Christians are. It is that kind of sharing we observe here in this last paragraph of Acts chapter 4. Now, be careful here. This is not communism because it was voluntary. This is not socialism because it was temporary and proportionate to need. This is sharing like you see in families. And Barnabas is an outstanding example. He sold property, brought the proceeds to the apostles' feet for the good of the spiritual family, rather than holding that property for equity or investment or his own use. This is solidarity of love, which the believers enjoyed spiritually in prayer, economically in sharing. Barnabas was a good example of that spirit. In chapter 5, there'll be a bad example. That's Acts chapter 5. This is Acts chapter 4. A couple of things I want to bring up before our takeaways. I want to stress, as related in Mark 16, 20, the miracles performed by the apostles were to confirm that the message came from God. They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Miracles never became the main event. Think of miracles as credentials, that these men were from God delivering the truth. Verse 28 shows the apostles were not freelance. They were living and working under God's plan, equipped by the Holy Spirit. It says, to do 
whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Takeaways. Here we go. I cannot issue a prophecy or give you a prediction. But we all know it's possible that in our society, there could come a time when this kind of persecution we've read about in Acts chapter 4 becomes our reality. Should we get to that place, I hope we will react as Peter and John and these other Christians reacted. They didn't just grumble about it. They didn't seek any revenge of human origin. They didn't just quit. I hope we will do what they did. They prayed, and they kept on preaching. They kept on preaching. The government said, don't preach anymore. They kept on preaching against great risk. They diligently took care of each other. I hope this is what we will do. Should it ever come to pass that the government tells us to shut up, to quit preaching? Or should it come later, I hope this is how our grandchildren and great-grandchildren will react. I'm persuaded one purpose of these accounts given by Luke is to inform our responses should persecution at this level ever resume on the earth. It is already in some parts of the world. So far in my lifetime in this country, we've not yet had anything like this widespread, though there are isolated cases of persecution. We may someday face the kind of threat where we are told, shut up, don't preach anymore. I hope if that happens, we remember this example. Clarification, if the government in the future requires that we disobey God, nevertheless, we must obey God. This does not mean we get to decide which laws we like and which we don't and disobey or obey on that basis. <clears throat> the only exception granted in Scripture is if government tells us not to obey God, we must obey God. More about that in chapter 5. The other thing I wanted to mention was there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Well, this is not politically correct, is it? People don't like this today. Even in some denominational and evangelical communities, this is not said much, and if said, it's said very quietly. Peter and John were charged to speak the truth, and the truth is the only way to God, the only way out of sin, the only way to heaven, through Jesus Christ. That is at the bedrock of our faith. And if we can't speak that, it reflects our lack of confidence. It betrays an absence of courage. Jesus said in John 14, 6, no one comes to the Father but through me. We need to say that from Scripture and continue to use Scripture to show people what to do to be saved. Number three, when these Christians prayed, their prayers reflected that they knew God and they adored Him. Before praying, 
They had filled their minds with the truth about who God is, his grace, his plan, his power. That's what makes prayers better. To become acquainted with who we're praying to, to become acquainted with God through Scripture, we can pray better, we can pray deeper if our knowledge is fundamentally rooted in who God is. That's Acts chapter 4. Thank you for being with us.